Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And I am joined this New Year's Eve day by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. She is all set to answer all of your lawn and garden questions. Isn't that right, Teresa? That is right. <laughs> okay. Happy Just New Year's, be sure. everyone. I'm, I'm ready. Check. I'm I ready. I want to put words in your mouth. Not at all. <laughs> all right. It's good morning. Good to, good to have you back, Teresa. It's always fun when Teresa is answering your questions. And uh, as Teresa knows and our listeners know, regular listeners, that we get a lot of questions. Uh, both uh, by phone and by text today will be uh, no exception. So if you have uh, any kind of a lawn or garden question, yes, if you're new to the show, thanks for checking us out. We do indeed here on CCO talk lawns and gardens 52 weeks a year. And why not? Why when not? you think about it, why not? <laughs> why now, not? Uh, a lot of people, Teresa, make uh, New Year's resolutions. Do you have any uh, garden resolutions that you might be uh, you know, changing uh, your ways with uh, your uh, indoor outdoor uh, absolutely thing? not absolutely <laughs> not i i'm the kind of person who makes a resolution and within a day it's gone so i've just learned don't make resolutions you know but i have my plans i have plans so i'm going to grow some extra vegetables this year and i'm i'm challenging every uh wcco listener to grow something this year whether it's an herb or a flower or a veggie so grow something yeah, absolutely. That's, so that's and, my challenge to you people, grow something. And you do not have to be a master gardener. I wanted to ask you, and I like, to, uh, like I do, like, uh, do ask you and your mm-hmm. colleagues that are on the show, uh, are, we, are you seeing, especially master gardeners, you guys are educators, that's what mm-hmm. you do. That's correct. Uh, uh, finding younger, the demographics lowering, the, demo, the demos lowering for uh, people interested. Are younger people getting involved in gardening, do you think? You know, Denny, to, to speak to that, younger people are. Um, it's like there was a generation that kind of missed all that stuff, canning and veggie growing and stuff, but the younger generation is picking it up and just running with it. And uh, here in Hennepin County, we are blessed with um, a lot of master gardeners, and we have one of our biggest classes coming up starting this year. And the Master Gardener people that, or the people that applied to the Master Gardener program, they were like all fabulous. 
it's like, wow. <laughs> so, so we're getting really good people in the program and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of interest from the young people and, and the, the, the participants are now skewing a little younger. Thank goodness. Cause old folks like me will be needing replacements soon, but those, all those good, wonderful people coming in and they're all starting their classes soon. So I wish all you new master gardeners or will be master gardeners. Good luck on your classes. Don't be afraid. You will learn so much, but you don't have to memorize it all. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Day at yeah. a time. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, it, it sounds to me, and you know, we've worked for quite a few years now, you and mm-hmm. Julie and Mary, that you guys really love what you do. Oh my gosh, it's a passion. It's a passion. So if you want to learn anything about gardening, talk to a master gardener or become a master gardener next year. But yes, we we love what we do and we love sharing that information with people who want to learn. And we want you to have the best experience you can have with gardening, whether it's your lawns or your trees or your shrubs or your veggies or herbs or flowers or pollinators. This year in Hennepin County, we are focusing on pollinator health. So a lot of our, we focus on different things every year, but it's not only pollinators that we'll be talking about, but hopefully most things that you go to most of our events will have a, a something that will help the pollinators for you. So if you're interested in pollinators, this is really the year to ask that master gardener, hey, what about? All right, that's great. And uh, as we move through the hour, we always like to uh, mention the Arboretum, too. Always some fun stuff uh, going oh, on. And we'll do that uh, here do- yeah. uh, down the road. But I want to alert our listeners, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, now is your chance. Call Teresa if you want to chat with her. That's always great. Or if you uh, find it easier just to send a text, we like those, too. Either way, here's the number, 651 461 9226. Again, 651-461-9226. Texter says, is throwing salt and sand slurry kind of a stuff from my driveway onto my grass okay? The salt does dissolve in water, but does that harm the uh, the lawns? It will harm your lawn eventually, depending upon how much you, you've put out there. So, And if you have pets, it might hurt their feet too. So because you're putting salt in a a non-saline situation, we don't have, um, you know, salt water coming from the, from the, from the skies. We don't have salt water snow. So you're adding salt to that. And salt is event was what, um, uh, invading armies would also would often salt the soil so that the conquered people couldn't grow anything. So if you put too much salt in your soil, it can become sterile. So you do want to minimize what kind of salt and how much you put down. And then in the spring, maybe give that area a good, a good uh, soaking so that you dilute what salt is on the soil. Remember years ago, uh, someone uh, mentioned to me that if you're going to put any kind of sodium Mm-hmm. On uh, like your walker driveway, may it be uh, like mag chloride and magnesium chloride. And uh, and I remember a year or two ago getting a text from a, a longtime concrete worker. I think this guy said he'd been in the business like 30-some years. Mm-hmm. Said, do not put any kind of salt on your concrete. It oh. I think this guy said he'd been in the business like 30-some years. Mm-hmm. Said, do not put any kind of salt 
on your concrete. It oh, will it's hurt. Tough it. it eats it. Yeah. It eats it. It breaks down the so concrete. So that's besides the lawn or anything growing. Exactly. There. That, that, or if you're it. throwing it up against your foundation, if you're snow blowing and then throwing salt and the salt is going up against your foundation, that's concrete too. So you have to be careful with this stuff. But if we have any kind of good news, and I mentioned this when we were talking with Julie last week, that uh, unlike some years, We've got snow on the ground, and We've that's, that's a big cover. help, isn't yep. it? Yep, yep. So, you know, you can use other things like sand, uh, kitty litter, uh, the the uh, the kind that doesn't clump, the old-fashioned clay stuff. Um, now, sometimes coffee grounds work a little bit uh, just to grit, get some grit, and uh, that that works too so you don't have to and, – and you don't have to use as much salt as you think. You know, you want like a little pebble down and maybe like three or four inches around it bare. So that's how, how much, and then another little pebble of salt. So that's how much salt you have to put down. It's very, very, very little to 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 melt the snow and take care of it. Okay. Let us grab a phone call, Teresa. I think Tim is phoning in from Mendota Heights uh, this morning. Tim, thank you. Good morning. Happy New Year. What's your question for Teresa? Um. I've got my grandmother's Christmas cactus, and it hasn't bloomed in many years now. And uh, I'm starting to wonder, how, how do you tell a live one from a from a dead one? I'm thinking it, mine might be dead. Well, is it green? No, it's pretty much the color of a copper penny, I think. Uh, then it could very well be dead. You want to look, go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and go to the house, uh, click on the yard and garden, and then go to the house plants, and you'll see a beautiful picture of a Christmas cactus. It, they have bright green leaves and then the brown, the brown stems. And you should be able to bend those stems just a little bit. If they just snap, then it's dead. You can also lift the plant out of the pot and see if you have nice white roots growing around in there or if they're all gray and mushy or if there's no roots at all. Those will be ideas that will help you to make sure if you have a live or a dead plant. Good luck, Tim. All right. Very good. Thank you, Tim. Tell you what, I'm getting a little bit of a signal here, Teresa. Time for a real fast break. Ken, we're going to be uh, putting you on the air in a moment here. If you have any kind of a lawn or question uh, or garden question, call us, please, or send a text, and we'll uh, put you on the radio one way or the other. 651-461-9226 is our phone and also our text number here. On 830-WCCO, where it's 24 degrees. Stay with us. New Year's Eve tonight. Be safe if you're heading out to party. Otherwise, uh, be like some of us folks, and uh, we're going to be protected <laughs> inside inside our cozy homes. Enough of the uh, amateur night, right? Uh, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we certainly welcome yours. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering your smart garden questions this morning at 651-461-9226. Let's see, Teresa, who's next? Ken, we promised Ken and Blaine he would be next here on the phone. Thanks, Ken, for waiting. What is your question for Teresa? Hi, Teresa. Uh, as a master gardener, I think maybe that you can help me out. I uh, I have uh, a marrow um, magnolia tree and a butterfly magnolia tree, and then I have a couple magnolia shrubs. And uh, I'm uh, continually seem to be fighting uh, magnolia scale, and I was thinking that possibly you should be able to help me. 
Yeah, Ken, I, I'm so sorry you're fighting that. It has become very common now. We didn't see it, say, 10 or 15 years ago, but the last few years we've seen a lot of magnolia scale. It's a hard one to deal with. You have to, because the scales, um, the scale are little insects. If people don't know, they're little insects that when they're young, they move around and they suck juices off of the plants. They, um, they're, they're mobile and you can kill them easy at that time. But when they get older, they get like a shell over the back. They become permanently in one place on the plant and they suck the juices out of the plant. And it's harder to poison them because they've got that protective shield. So you can use some, um, or, um, or no, some, uh, 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 insecticides that will become uh, in in the plant that are systemic in the plant. You can try that. It's a long, tough battle, and it, the un- the outcome is not all that good. Usually, it's it's just really hard to keep on top of them because they can they can re um, put new generations out faster than we can get the insecticide on the plants and take care of them. I would, however, suggest, Ken, that you go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, and see if anything on that will help. You may want to use some um, horticulture oils. That might help to smother them, or some systemic insecticides. Or actually, um, if the on the bushes, you can actually go leaf by leaf and, and look on the stem and find the, the little scales and peel them off. Um, it's very time-consuming, but if you have a special one that you want to save, you can try doing that. Um, it's going to be a long, hard battle because the insects are here, and it's hard to, to fight them because they love their magnolias so much. Good luck, Ken. If you have a lawn or garden question, call us or text us 651-461-9226. Texter says this, Teresa, I'm missing my fresh spinach and lettuce, expensive in stores, What's the best way to grow these inside, do you think? You know, you could try those hydroponically. And the Extension website, again, has a great little little blurb on how to grow things hydroponically in your um, in your home. You could also try sprouting seeds or growing uh, the mini the mini ones where you sprout the seeds and let them grow a little bit. You can sprout the seeds in water, and then you just have, like, like You'd have spinach sprouts instead of alfalfa sprouts, which we always used to put on our salads. Or you can grow them in soil, in potting soil, uh, and or seed starting mix, and let them get the, have microgreens and let them get two or three inches tall, and then or an inch tall, and then harvest them. Or you can grow them hydroponically too. So you have a lot of options where you can grow them. They don't take up a lot of room in the house, and because they're just green leaves, not flowers, they need light but not super high light like a flower would be and since you're not growing them for like a, a bean or something like that they don't you don't have to worry about pollination because you're just looking for the leaves that might help you get going on some options and have some some different ways to get your vegetables uh, all winter long and the microgreens are very 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 healthy for you as are the sprouts yeah Oh, yeah. I used to oh, love now sprouts. Now I'm hungry. Now, now I'm just hungry. Say, I'm ready. I had like I remember an omelet putting, with some sprouts and stuff in it. I'm just thinking, as soon as you said that, I was thinking how I used to have uh, uh, sprouts on a uh, bagel chicken salad sandwich. Oh, oh yeah. On sandwiches, so you just pile the sprouts yeah. high and squish the bread on top and all yeah. the rest of it. 
Oh, uh, wow. Time for lunch. Now, now it's time for lunch. Sorry, guys. You're just going to have to do it somewhere else. Let's, Denny uh, and I are going to lunch. <laughs> you know, we should mention here, because there's so many good folks put in so much work uh, at, at the on the university's website, extension.umn.edu. What a great resource. We talk about it all the time for good reason. Uh, tell us just some of the stuff that, you know, the, the things – and this is a great time of year to you know yeah. sit back and read the uh, check out and all these different. Community. What can we find on that, for example? So anything about growing anything. So you can find stuff about growing vegetables and flowers, when to plant. Oh, now my tree has a problem, like like uh, uh, Ken with his his magnolias. What is the problem of magnolia? Oh, it's scale. How can I take care of it? Um, the University also has now some free pruning classes coming up uh, to help you prune your apple trees. You can find out where those are. They're in various locations throughout the state. I think they've got about six of them set up so far, and you have to register. And, but they're free. They're limited to 25 people each. You can contact Master Gardeners there on Ask a Master Gardener. And so you can send your questions to a Master Gardener if you can't get into the WCCO or you can't find a gardener, a Master Gardener locally. And or you're just in the middle of an, an emergency and you want to send a picture to them. And what is this that I'm seeing? They'll help you. If you have to identify insects, they'll help you. If you have to identify uh, pest problems of any kind, whether it's deer or mice or or uh, squirrels, uh, they'll give you some ideas about that. There'll be some ideas about house plants in there. Pretty much anything you can think of. If you love lawns, they have a great lawn lawn care page and how, when you should do stuff and how, how when you should start your crab, crabgrass pre-emergent and how tall you should how high you should cut your lawn and how to start a new lawn. Should I start a new lawn or can I get can I fix this one? Really good ideas. So anything you can think about, they can give you ideas on that. There's yeah. a whole bunch of things on it. Yeah. You're right about that lawn section because uh, you, you can see a whole program. And we get, as you know, a lot of questions about when mm-hmm. should I put this, whether it be pre-emergent or uh, dormant seeding, whatever or the case. Dormant seeding, yeah, yep. this is There's great information about so many things. Extension.umn.edu. Check it out. See what we're talking about. Yeah. You know what? I'm getting flagged down here with time for uh, to look at that forecast, see what kind of weather is straight ahead here okay. on this uh, new year coming up. So stay with us on our smart. Garden Show. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your questions at 651-461-9226. The weather is next here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good morning to you. Happy New Year from all of us here at A3OWCCO. Denny Long along with the Master Gardener Teresa Rooney here on our Smart Garden Show. We're here, by the way, every Saturday in the uh, 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your phone calls and text messages. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we'd love to hear from you. Tell you what, Teresa, we've got callers. We have textures to keep you busy. Let's get back to it. Uh, let's see. Gwen's first up here on the phone calling in from, I believe, Cushing this morning. Uh, Gwen, thanks for waiting. What is your question, please? Yes, my children gave me a um, hydrangea tree for Mother's Day. And I didn't take the flowers off this fall. Should I have? And what about hydrangea bushes? Gwen, those are good questions. So if your tree is fairly sturdy and you don't have a lot of blossoms on it outside, 
you can leave those on. If you want to take off a few of them because maybe they're going to get so heavy, you know those heavy snows we get in March that get so heavy, it can bend the tree or break branches. So you can just remove some of those blossoms. Um, they can come off anytime. You can take them off in the fall. Lots of people leave them on in the wintertime. Uh, they may thin them a little bit so they don't have as much snow load on the tree. And then hydrangea bushes, it really depends what bush you have. But you can leave the flowers on as they as they are dead all winter. And then you can prune them off in the spring or you can take them off in the fall, whichever is your preferred gardening method. Uh, and some of those flowers or some of those um, hydrangeas, you'll have to know the name of your hydrangea. It will then be able, you can then investigate if it blooms on old wood, which is the wood that grew all summer long, and then the next summer it blooms. If it blooms on new wood, which is the wood that grows that year, brand new wood, or if it grows on both woods. And if it grows on both, then you can prune it however you want. But depending upon where the flowers come and how important the flowers are to you, that will also in, um, impact where you prune and how you prune. So you want to know whether it's a old wood, new wood, or blooms on both wood if flowers are important for you. And good luck with your hydrangea tree, Gwen. That's nice. Thank you, Gwen. Uh, let's go to Bob, who's calling in, I believe, from Minnetonka this morning. Uh, Bob, good morning. You're on CCO with Teresa Rooney. Uh, good morning, Denny, Teresa. Happy New Year. Um, we have a, I'm going to call it a 6 by 16 area old flower garden that we'd like to uh, convert to try to grow some vegetables, but the soil is really hard, very clay, and just wondering if there's, you know, the best way to make that more vegetable productive. Sure. First of all, Bob, and everyone else out there, Happy New Year. I don't think I said that, but Happy New Year New Year to you all. Um, yes, the magic ingredient that you want to add to the soil is compost. So add as much compost as you're able to and try to mix it into the soil. And then what you might want to do also is then get a soil test from the Arboretum, or from, I'm sorry, from the university, and that will tell you and tell them you're growing vegetables, and then they'll give you some suggestions about um, the pH of your soil, what kind of soil you're now working with, and uh, and if you need to add fertilizer. Most vegetables, you probably will have to either uh, give them fertilizer during the year or keep adding compost because they take a lot out of the garden and you want to put that in. And then as often as you can, add compost. And then next fall, when you go to put the garden to bed, after you clean up everything really well that's an annual and that has died, and you've um, you've uh, mulched in your perennials, as the soil starts to freeze, put another layer of leaves on there, and those leaves will decompose in the winter, and they'll help to add more organic matter. So because you have a really heavy clay soil, the soil particles are really tiny, and they stick together, and they don't let water in. And then when they dry out, they, they almost become like a cement or concrete. They get really tough. So you want to add some stuff in between those particles that will help move those particles apart so water and nutrition can flow through the soil. And you do that by adding a lot of compost. Um, you don't want to add sand because sand and clay can make concrete or bricks. You don't want to make bricks out there. So just compost and compost and compost. You can add uh, topsoil if you want to, but mix everything together um, a little bit so that you don't have layer. You're not trying to make a, a layer cake. You're trying to make like a fudge brownie where everything's mixed evenly. 
Good luck with that. Now I'm thinking about food again. Okay. <laughs> You've gone to dessert. Finish. <laughs> from, from the sandwich to <laughs> and dessert. Now we're, at cho- now we're at chocolate oh. cake. Okay. All Here's right. our phone number. It's also the text number, if you will, 651-461-9226. Texter says this, long question. Uh, will putting gypsum on my grass in the spring neutralize the salt? I know you and your colleagues have answered the, the gypsum question before, and years ago mm-hmm. people did put, especially if you had clay-type soil, right? What, what was the purpose and what is the purpose of gypsum, and should you use it? You don't really need it unless you've done a soil test, and they are. And the university says to put add gypsum. Gypsum is used in some very acidic soils to help sweeten them a little bit. Uh, some people put gypsum on dog urine uh, spots, which doesn't help at all. Uh, it's it the actually what what helps in that situation and probably the salt situation is because after you put the gypsum you're, it's suggested that you water it in well. It's really the water that's breaking up the salt, that's breaking up the dog urine, the over fertilization of that area. So gypsum is probably not going to bring any great bring any great benefits for you. Um, I, I would just water the lawn, water the lawn well, and try to minimize your salt use. And understand that where that salt is, right along your walkways, that you may have to replace the grass a little frequently or add some compost to. You want to kind of. Uh, dissipate the salt is what you're trying to do. So that work that would work better than adding gypsum. So looking at a text from Barb in Plymouth, which uh, was something you touched on just a bit ago, evergreen trees, she says, when we have heavy wet snow or several inches, uh, my evergreen branches have inches of snow on them. Should I leave that on to, to let it melt or or try and remove it. I know you. if you try to remove yeah. it, you better be careful, right? You have to be really careful because you can break the branches really easily. So I would leave them, um, although I am as guilty as anyone. I have a juniper that hangs over my walk, and I hate getting it right down the, the snow right down the back of my neck. So I will often just wiggle the branches a little bit. So I shovel the snow rather than get it on my back of my neck. Um, but, yeah, you should just leave it there. If you have branches like in your arborvitaes that are turning into Dr. Seuss trees where they look really weird because of those heavy March snows, you can take pantyhose or something like that and just tie the, the inside of the, bran- the branches, the multi-liter branches, up a little bit, and that will give it some stability. But let the snow shed naturally. Let the let the sunshine melt it rather than than breaking because it could be ice and then, you're breaking the branches, and that's not what you want to do. Now, I'm thinking here it is, a brand new year, January 1st tomorrow. It's winter time. What what can we be doing now at our home, getting ready for this coming spring? Or what do you do, Teresa? Well, um, if you have house plants, go and visit your house plants. Uh, check them out. Make sure that they don't have insects on them. If you can, give them a little shower in the in the in the shower. Uh, bring some humidity to them. If they're actively growing, you can fertilize them. If they're barely hanging on, just keep watering them. You don't want to fertilize them. You want to wait till they start actively growing. Um, you can also do some winter sowing, and this is where you take like milk jugs and you put some soil in them or potting soil. 
uh, seed starting mix, and then you plant some seeds in there, and you get it really muddy. You poke holes in the bottom, you take the cap off, um, and you've duct taped it. Uh, you like cut it in half, and then duct tape it back together again. And you set this little concoction outside in January and February, and those seeds will sprout when they're ready. They're hardened off when they're ready to be planted. You don't have to harden them off. Um, these are this is really good. So if you go and Google winter sowing, you'll find a lot of fun stuff to do. It could be good fun that you have with the grandchildren or the children or just us gardeners who just need to smell some soil and some potting mix again. And we can justify just getting a little whiff of potting the potty mix. Order your seeds now. Get your, your vegetable and your flower seeds ordered as quickly as you can so that you get the varieties that you want. Um, if you need to prune your trees and shrubs, Starting in January and February, that's a great time to prune many trees and shrubs. Not anything that blooms in the spring, no lilacs or or anything like that. But you can trim a lot of your other trees and shrubs. Um, Take pictures of what's going on in your yard. Look at the bones of your yard. That's the hard stuff that stays up all the time. The tree trunks, the um, the arches, the concrete stuff that you have, the benches, the tables. See if there's something that needs some correction. If you need something more, if you need a table over there, or I, I don't think people put enough benches in their yards. So add some. Figure out how to add some benches into your yard so you can actually go out and enjoy your yard, and. Um, look inside so when you're sitting inside we've all been like inside because it's been bitterly cold out freezing cold so look out those windows and think i would like a garden there what could i plant there so where you spend so much time in the house uh look outside and see what what how you can beautify that view for next next spring and summer and then into the winter so so think ahead you know if you're always stuck at the kitchen in, or in the kitchen and you're, you're cleaning and you're washing dishes and you're looking out a window, why not, why not look out into a spiral herb garden? Why not look into a, a beautiful tree? Looking out a window, why not, why not look out into a spiral herb garden? Why not look into a, a beautiful tree? Why not enjoy the view rather than just a flat yard or a dirt yeah. spot? Unless get you a, need a flat yard and a dirt spot. Yeah, but uh, get a different perspective in the, f- the photographs. That's a, that's a great idea. Uh, Teresa, we're going to take a quick break. I want to alert Janet. Uh, Janet, you're going to be next to you on the phone, so patience, please. Thanks for hanging on. And uh, we have more of our Smart Garden Show coming along. Now, coming along in the 9 o'clock hour, just a reminder, our home improvement show is always on at that time, and there's n- no exception it will be on again. But it's a what we call a repeat performance Andy Lind is taking the holiday off today, and we're going to hear a show we heard previously here on CCO. Just to alert you on that, still some good information uh, coming along next hour. Right now in the Twin Cities, we've gone to 23 degrees. We might hit 34 later today. You stay with us. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming those uh, lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text 
at 651-461-9226. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney has been answering your questions this hour, and uh, Teresa Janet has been hanging on there on the phone from uh, Plymouth this morning. Janet, thank you for your patience. Happy New Year. What's your question for Teresa? Oh, of course. Thank you both, Danny and Teresa. Say, I received a um, a tabletop Christmas tree that I have had sitting on my table in the house. It came like with a string of lights, and I, it's a, um, a dwarf Alberta spruce. So it says on the label to uh, to place it outside, have a dormancy period. I'd like to plant it in the yard if possible. So when should I place it outside? Janet, thanks for waiting. And that's a very good, tricky question. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> because if you lived in the South, you could put it outside anytime. But if you put it outside now, the roots are going to freeze and the plant will probably be killed. So you're going to have to try to make it get through till you can get it outside and actually plant it. So if you can put it in a cooler location, maybe if you have a heated garage that gets some light, you could wrap it up really well and put it out there, give it some water occasionally, make sure it's still looking okay, or just keep it in a cool part of your house, uh, give it some bright light if you possibly can, and keep it um, watered moist but not soaking wet, uh, and just just pray that it gets to the time of year where you can actually dig into the soil and get it planted in the soil. And then when you do plant it in the soil, um, Alberta spruces, they can get winter burn really easy. Their needles are so fine and their roots don't go that far. So they can brown out on the west and the in the east, on the, I'm sorry, in the south and the west really easy, sometimes even on the north because of the winter burn. So make sure you're planting it somewhere where it might get a little little protection from that the harsh winter winds, but it can still get as much sunlight as you can get to it. Uh, you can throw a little bit of compost in the hole when you plant it. But you're going to have to wait till you can actually plant it outside. Um, during the spring when it's warm enough, say above 30 degrees, you could set the pot outside in, you know, and just watch it. Set the pot outside and then bring it back in at night if it's going to get under freezing again. Just You just don't want the soil to freeze. And good luck. That they're, I love those those plants, but... I've managed to kill a few just because the, the winters are tough on them and I just have a bad location for my, they just get too much hot sun in, in the areas I was putting them. So that was my bad. Sorry, trees, I killed you. All right. I know our time is limited here. Let's see how many uh, text messages okay. we can help out here. Uh, why do my indoor spider plants have brown tips is one text. It could be the dry air, and also there's some chlorine or fluoride in your water. So water with room temperature water that you've let sit out overnight or distilled water or reverse osmosis water, that would be good. And um, and if you can build up the humidity a little bit and just clip the little brown parts off. Okay. This uh, listener wants to know how to rejuvenate a leggy, is it anthurium plant? Hmm. Anthurium? Uh, that could be. It's it's mm. spelled anthrium, but that's not, as you know, these days, <laughs> yep, <laughs> anything yep, goes yep. in a text message. When, yeah, it can easily, it can easily self-correct. An- anthrium. Um, so what you just want to do is if you can, I would look that up on the extension website. I, I'm not sure it's there, and I'm not 100% sure which plant you're talking about. Uh, so I would probably, you can often just cut, just cut it back a little bit if you want to take some starts again. 
put some new starts, get those going, and then plant them in the pot too to make it bushier. And then as it puts on new growth, pinch it back a little bit. But I'm not 100% sure which plants you're working with there, so I don't want to give you specific directions. Sorry. This texter wants to know, how do you know when you should repot a Christmas cactus? And we talked about earlier. Oh, that's that's a good thing. Um, Christmas cactus like to be really snug in their pots. So you can go a long time without repotting them. If there's no soil left or if you think the pot is, the plant is so big and the pot is so little, you can carefully take it out of its pot, see the roots circling or coming out of the bottom holes. Then you know you can repot it and just go one size up. And you may want to tease those roots out just a little bit, just a tiny bit, um, to let them go straight rather than keep circling around. And then just give it a good drink of water when you repot it. And then don't fertilize. If you're going to, if you repot any plant, don't fertilize till about maybe three to six weeks after the pot, the plant has been repotted. Then you can start your fertilization program again. I was looking at a text from a listener who, uh, here we are on the last day of the year and the last uh, show officially of this year. We'll be back, of course, next week. Uh, but the texter says, <laughs> how do we get rid of creeping Charlie? Oh, you know, I was just thinking that during the, the break. The year Nobody's would not be complete. About Nobody talked about creeping Charlie. I'm so sad. All right. Well, I know you. we don't do it during the snow season, <laughs> but uh, what, 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 just to answer that question, how do we get rid of creeping Charlie? Thank you for the question. You've made my year. Okay, so when it blooms in the spring, that's a good time to hit it with herbicide that is formulated for Creeping Charlie. Make sure that you understand that that herbicide that you'll be using could kill any other broadleaf plants around it. Or if you're using something like a glyphosate or something like that, that kills every living green thing. So you don't want to use it on your grass on Genesis. You want to replant your grass. Um, Pulling it out by hand is always the best way. Just keep pulling it. It's a it's a a challenge that you will have for years and years and years. And the more you dig up that soil, the more creeping Charlie seeds you'll bring to the top. So the more creeping Charlie you'll have to to take care of. And then again, in the fall, when we've hit that first frost, where the plants just suddenly realize they've got to get as much energy as they can, so they start photosynthesizing like little maniacs. And as they do that, they pull the poison down again. So eat it with the same herbicide again. And if you keep repeating those three or four things, you should be able to get rid of it, Owen. 12 or 13 decades. Good luck. <laughs> okay. Listen, we, we're almost out of time, Teresa. In the last 60 seconds here, tell us what's going on and why we should visit the Arboretum. You should visit the Arboretum because it's beautiful. You can get out on Three Mile Drive. Uh, you can look at the indoor plants. Uh, they have They have a conservatory there. You can actually get some green and humidity and beautifulness. And then they do have some wonderful exhibits that you want to look at. And I believe Master Gardeners are out there on Saturdays, but don't quote me on that. I'd have to double check. But there's a lot of things you can learn. You could go up to the bee station, the bee house, and learn about bees. There's all kinds of stuff to learn there. And the thing is how to get there, and they really made it slick, uh, is uh, is do, do the online reservation. That's how you get there, right? You do have to res- reserve, yes. And uh, you would not, and especially this time of year, people are visiting family and friends, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a nice weekend weather-wise. And uh, January first is tomorrow. What a great way to start the new year off with a and visit. And they do have they do have uh, some snowshoeing and and skiing out there too, some cross-country skiing. So you may want to see if those trails are open or if you can do that. Excellent. And uh, a final text here, I think, is very fitting. 
It says, Happy New Year to everyone at Extension. Thank you for your tireless efforts on behalf of Minnesota Gardeners and beyond. Wishing you all a bountiful 2023. Thank you, Carla. Oh, that's sweet for, love. Thank uh, you, that. Carla. Yes. Yeah. And thank you, Teresa Rooney. Happy New thank Year you, to Danny. you. And Happy I hope New Year to you. We will be uh, talking again in the very near future for another oh. edition of Smart Garden, if you're willing. We will. Happy New Year to everybody there at CCO, to you, and to everybody out in WCCO land. Thanks, Teresa. Teresa Rooney. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Master Gardener here on CCO. Another reminder coming along next hour here on CCO, Andy Lindis is going to be taking the holiday off today. And what you'll be hearing is a repeat performance of a past show on CCO. So if you try to call, you won't get in. But there's a lot of good information straight ahead here. So uh, uh, stay with us for that. In the meantime, chance of drizzle, maybe a little snow today here in the Twin Cities. Our expected high, probably the warmest day of the week, near 34. If you're heading out tonight, patchy fog, be careful. Maybe areas of freezing fog overnight with lows of 23. New Year's Day tomorrow. Patchy fog, otherwise cloudy near 31 for the first day of the year. Denny Long thanking you for your company here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.